0: Hi friends, and welcome to another episode of the Oakham Church Podcast. Uh, This week we're going to be just backtracking a little bit from um, a couple of the themes and thoughts that we looked at on Sunday. Um, So we're in Ephesians as we're working our way through this letter that Paul writes as he's in prison in Rome to the house churches that are already established and already gathering and we see already having problems and issues even this early on in the church's life. And Paul writes to these people, to these people who he knows intimately and to these people who he loves deeply, to these set of people, these groups, this gathering, this ecclesia, this family. Paul writes to them and, and wants to give them these foundational truths that they can just get their get their minds back on that they can fix their eyes back on. It's almost like Paul is saying that in the world there is so much distraction and so many things going on inside and outside of the church as well as inside ourselves and outside of ourselves. There's so much swirling around, so much so much to distract us that he wants us to focus in on these key foundational things. And so Paul spends the first three chapters of this letter, chapters one, two and three, discussing these key foundational truths and these these building blocks that we can use to to then build on top of and and use as a foundation use as a a cornerstone as he talks about Jesus here in this letter and then moving on from that the second half of the letter verse uh, chapters four five and six are all these practical ways of saying okay because these first three chapters are true now here's what we do with it Because this is the fact, because this is truth, because this is the way, because this is where the life is, now let's live that out day to day as humans, as families, as communities, as church. And we find ourselves still in this core foundational area of the letter. And I think that's um, really done on purpose for us. As we find ourselves in 2021, we've come through the last 18 months of all this upheaval and things stopping and starting and things looking very different and people having to scramble and people losing jobs, people losing loved ones, people losing everything. And now coming out like, what's going on? What do we do? And I think now is the time to fix our eyes and fasten ourselves to these key foundational truths. Just like how Paul lays out for the early church in the first century, now in the 21st century... We've got so much more distracting us and so much more going on inside and outside of the church, as well as inside and outside of ourselves as human beings. So much more swirling around us, distracting us, uh, vying and jockeying for our attention that I really feel like we need to focus in on these key foundational things. And so with all that said, we'll read a little bit of Ephesians chapter 2. Um, Starting in verse 14. For he himself, that's, that's Paul talking about Christ, that's Paul talking about Jesus. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations, His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. So not only is Jesus making peace, as we're told at the end of chapter 15, but as we're told at the beginning of chapter 14, Jesus himself is peace. He makes peace and he is peace. And the key way that he does that is by what? Destroying this dividing wall of hostility. What on earth does that mean? A dividing wall of hostility? As I shared on Sunday, some people have the theory and the idea that this is actually talking about something that was physically there in that first century. This is talking about the actual temple temple curtain, the dividing barrier between the outside of the temple and the innermost part of the temple, the holy of holies, where the Jews believed that God lived, where God's presence dwelt, where heaven touched earth, was in the very centre of the very centre of the very centre of this temple structure. And to section this off, to say that this is different, that this is separate, that you can't come in here, basically, there was this big, heavy curtain, floor to ceiling. And some people's view is that when Paul talks about this dividing wall of hostility, he's talking about that exact curtain, this physical barrier between God and people. And the idea that there is one person and one person alone that was allowed to pass through that curtain. It was the high priest. So one priest, the top dog of the priests, and he himself could only go in one day a year where he would enter through that curtain and offer the sacrifices on the day of atonement. So the priest could only go in there. One priest, one high priest, once a year could pass through that curtain. But that we're told that Christ in his flesh and in his death, we told at the very moment that Christ hangs on that cross, the te- the temple curtain is ripped into from top to bottom, from heaven to earth, and that curtain has been destroyed. That dividing wall of hostility has been removed, and now heaven is open for everyone to freely come to God. Some people, when talking about what Paul's... Um, going on about when he talks about this dividing wall of hostility. Some people say that it's simply the law, the Torah, the the, the laws and the rules and the regulations and the rituals and the traditions that, that were all about stopping Jews and Gentiles from being able to mix. And that Paul here is showing us that Christ in his flesh came, as he says himself, not to abolish the law but to fulfill it. So Christ is the fulfillment of all those laws so that we don't need to live by those laws and those rules and those restrictions that were put in place to divide us and separate us and make us distinct from others. We don't need to live from that place of rules and regulations anymore. Some other people, when they're talking about what Paul means with with this dividing wall of hostility, say that it's actually, again, going back to the temple, but it's about the structure of the temple itself. That if you looked um, at a kind of plan of the temple from above, it would almost look like a target with concentric circles going in and in and in and in. Like I said, right at the heart, right at the centre was the, the Holy of Holies, where that high priest could go once a year. And then outside of that curtain, you had the court of the priests, where all the rest of the priests were allowed to congregate and worship and offer sacrifices and do kind of priesty things. Then outside of that was the court of the Jews, where just your regular Jewish men were allowed to be. And that was as close to the centre as they could get then outside of that structure was the outer court where regular jewish women could go and could go no further that's where they were were allowed to go and then outside of that the very outer edge was the court of the gentiles where non jewish converts could go and that in fact there was a, a they've archaeologists have discovered signs that were placed on the walls of that uh, the 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 wall, the barrier, the gateway between the outer court and the uh, court of the Gentiles that would say that there would be a death as a penalty for anyone found crossing between one area and another, passing through this dividing barrier if they weren't supposed to be there. Anybody who was trying to get closer than they were allowed would, uh, would suffer death. But that, as Paul is saying here, Christ in his flesh has done away with those barriers, got rid of those dividing walls, tore down those signs. And now there are no barriers and no obstacles and no threat of death to anyone being able to get close to God. The dividing wall of hostility. So we have Christ, who is both peace and brings peace and gives peace and offers peace and the way that Christ does this is by destroying this dividing wall of hostility well what's the point what's the what's the um what's the result of this wall being broken down well now we're told here as as paul puts it that that out of the two. One new humanity can come, that the two groups can now be made one. What was one originally, and then because of sin, because of because of all this division, becomes two and splits off and fractures, just like we saw in last week's podcast. Now, through Christ and in Christ and because of Christ, because of peace, the two can now become one. Those two very different and distinct things can now become one—a new humanity. Now, this isn't something that is already existing. This isn't just um, that when when he says new humanity, this is actually talking about something that we have never ever seen before. Something that's never been done before. It's not just uh, one and two come together to make three. This isn't addition. This is creating something completely new. So we have one and we have two. And when we put those together, it makes seven. When we have one and we have two, we put them together, it makes B. When we have one and we have two and we put it together, it makes a banjo. This is something that it doesn't make sense when you think about it in that extent. And I, I gave the example on Sunday and... And I know that the, uh, the Facebook, Facebook feed went down before I was able to um, uh, broadcast this actual analogy. So I'm going to use it again here. So if you heard it on Sunday in church, um, apologies for you having to hear it again. Or maybe you need to hear it again. And for anyone else who was watching on the live feed or who didn't catch it at all anyway, here is a new uh, way of thinking about this for you. Mayonnaise. Now I did a bit of a poll on Sunday to to judge people's feelings about this and it was very obvious that you were either pro mayonnaise or anti mayonnaise. There was nobody who was like, "Hmm, I could I can give or take, I, I can I can take it or leave it with mayonnaise. I don't mind. If it's on something I'll eat it. If it's not on something I won't feel hard done by." No. It was a very obvious dividing wall of hostility between those people who loved mayonnaise and those people who hated mayonnaise kind of like marmite you either love it or you hate it but the reason that i bring my mayonnaise up um really mainly as 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 it kind of um links to this passage is because mayonnaise is doing all sorts of things that it has no business doing mayonnaise is doing all sorts of things that it shouldn't be doing. Mayonnaise is passing through that curtain into the Holy of Holies. Mayonnaise is um, getting rid of the law so that we don't have to abide by it. Mayonnaise is knocking down these walls and passing between the outer court and the court of the Gentiles willy-nilly. Mayonnaise is doing stuff that it shouldn't be doing. Because the two key ingredients in mayonnaise that we have is oil and vinegar. And what, the one thing that we know about oil and vinegar is they don't mix. No matter how much you try and stir that up, throw it in a NutriBullet and whiz it in a blend out, it just won't mix. You'll still have oil on one side and vinegar On the other kind of like if you go to an italian restaurant and they have uh, the balsamic vinegar and the olive oil and you dip all those lovely breads into it as much as you stir it and dip it and mix it around to get it onto that bread the two things will never mix completely it's like you've got a wall a dividing wall of hostility on that plate no matter how hard you try we can't make the two one Those two ingredients remain separate. What we need is an emulsifier. What we need is peace between these two ingredients, between the oil and the vinegar. Something that's gonna get in between these two and is gonna bring these two into community with one another. And when it comes to mayonnaise, the emulsifier is an egg. The egg gets between these two other things and it binds them together. Not just so that you've got an oil, egg, vinegar, smushy thing, but to create something new, something that has never been seen before to create mayonnaise. So the egg gets between these two. The egg ultimately says to vinegar, look, I know you don't mix with oil. I know we've tried and we've tried and we've tried and it just doesn't work. But how about you mix with me and and we'll just do it at that. We'll take it one step at a time and just mix with me. Just mix with the egg. And then the egg says to the oil, look, oil. I know that you don't mix with vinegar. I know that they sit on the other side of the pew to you in so many different things, political, and and all sorts of things. And they have all these weird, strange ideas and that you've tried to do stuff in the past and it's never worked. You've never mixed, it's never worked. You've never been able to bring this two into oneness, this community, but how about you just mix with me? Why don't you just mix with me and we'll see what happens. And then that egg, that emulsifier takes the vinegar and it takes the oil into itself and then mixes the two. And the two become one. The egg binds them together. And yet it doesn't, it doesn't do away with the oiliness of oil. It doesn't get rid of the vinegariness of the vinegar. It still preserves both their unique characteristics. They both get a say. They both get a seat at the table. And yet it makes them one. So the question for us today on the podcast is... If I'm oil, then who's my vinegar? If you're vinegar, then who is it that you're oil? Who is it that you're experiencing this dividing wall of hostility between? Who is it that no matter how much you try, you just can't seem to get on with that other person? Or that other group of people? They just too different. Their views are just too weird. It might be on a political thing. It might be on a spiritual thing. It might be on a, a social or a cultural thing. It might be something stupid like football teams of, of who we support or, or other falling out. It might be but the history and, and uh, that, that person back generations ago in that family had this falling out with, with our, uh, a member of our family and the two of us have never got on. Maybe it's even closer than that. Maybe it's somebody within your own family. You've had a falling out with someone years and years and years ago and it just, it's not happening. There's this dividing wall of hostility. Paul is begging us and urging us to see that not only does Jesus bring peace, but Jesus is peace, and that only Jesus, only Christ, through his life, through his death, through his resurrection, only Christ can make take these two and make them one. So friends today, who is your vinegar? Who is your oil? And whatever that situation is, trust the egg. Trust the great emulsifier. Friends, trust Jesus today. Grace and peace.